0: What's up, everybody? My name is Joe Corley. I am on a healing journey. And on that journey, I discovered the power of vulnerability. Vulnerability allows us to be our authentic selves. It allows us to build empathy for others and to work through our emotions easier and strengthen our most important relationships. Purpose of this show, to bring others on that same healing journey with me and foster some healing out there in the world. Welcome to Vulnerability is the New sex Hey, everybody, welcome back. Glad to be back. I know it's been a while, uh, but I'm trying to get back at it. If you are at all curious as to where I've been, you know, it's been really difficult for me to record any new episodes lady, lately. Um, I've been going through a lot and it's just been, um, and I'm still going through it, but I figure, you know, let's get out of here and try to process some some feelings and some emotions and, you know, help, help where I can and, um, you know, and maybe cope with my own stuff in the process um you know a lot of the reason why i've been absent is you know because i've had a lot of doubt i started to have some self-doubt about myself and my abilities and you know i started to question whether or not i was even qualified to have these conversations that i have here and you spend a lot of time comparing yourself to other podcasters other therapists and uh you know then you're and and for me my mind just starts filling up with all these irrational thoughts and uh, that's part of the part of the topic that we're going to discuss today but before I get into that um, today I'm going to be joined by Phoenix say hey Phoenix hi
1: oh Phoenix <laughs> Where's that? Yeah,
0: that, oh, my... no that's you you are Phoenix
1: okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know so I, I wanted Phoenix to join me for a couple of reasons uh, one because her and I have uh, lots of conversations about processing and emotional intelligence. Uh, she is someone whose emotional intelligence I respect, especially for a uh, did I say respect or yeah, someone whose emotional intelligence I respect, especially for a young person. And uh, she she's expressed you know some 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 preliminary interest in getting into therapy and counseling, and you know it's not for not set in stone yet, but um, you know I think this is a good gateway to you know continuously build on your emotional iq and um maybe see if it's something that you can maybe want to do in the future um but who knows right you're still young you're still trying to figure it out
1: yeah i'm still thinking about it but i definitely am like interested obviously
0: but either way i mean we have these kind of conversations all the time and i know from my perspective i usually enjoy them it feels like you do too
1: yeah i do all the time
0: so today we're going to be talking about imposter syndrome. And um it's not something you know a whole lot of about, right, Phoenix? Yeah. But we're gonna have a conversation about it and see if you know, if you have any good questions or maybe relate to it in some way. Um, I think I know enough about you to know that you do you, you are going to relate to what imposter syndrome is. Um, you know, so like for me, despite all of my achievements and experience with helping people, I sometimes have doubted myself in my ability to be a teacher, a coach, a mentor, or exist even as a therapist in any in any type of capacity in a helping capacity. Um, so, regardless of everything that I've done, you know, and the education that I uh, achieved, I still doubt myself when. Someone from the outside, like for you, for instance, might look at me and say. That's crazy. Um, But that's imposter syndrome. That's when you are you there, you are qualified to do something. There's evidence that you're qualified to do something, but you still uh, work against yourself and doubt yourself. Um, I mean, there's no there's no real like official diagnosis for it. but so many people suffer from it. So I wanted to have a conversation about it. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay.
0: So for me, some of the things that I've experienced were, you know, n- not feeling like I was worthy professionally. Like I just said, like as a counselor, as a teacher, um, I'm not qualified as a podcaster or a coach. And, and then you start, for me, I, I, I would operate in those spaces and even though I was doing well, I was still operating from fear. And it can see down into your personal stuff too, you know, you're not worthy as a father or qualified as a father, qualified as a husband. And it gets even deeper where you start feeling like you're not even worthy of your traumatic experiences. You know, somebody and people, you know, you start thinking, well, stuff like somebody has it worse or. You know, there's always somebody out there that has it worse, so you start disqualifying the things that you're going through. Um, so for me, and you can you can talk about this at any point, because I know we've oh our relationship has evolved and 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 gone through so many different uh ebbs and flows where where this is gonna make a lot of sense to you what I'm about to say. It's like from from the person that I am now. I try not to give a ton of advice um, and that's tough for me because that's what I've done in the past. That's been my go-to. I'm just going to hear what it is you you feel like you're going through. And I'm going to try to give my advice based on my personal experience. And, um, you know, I'm going to try to talk, talk about how um, you know, imposter syndrome, shows up in my life and how it you know how it developed i want to i want to talk about how i've learned to cope with it and you know my hope is always that at least one person who relates to what i'm talking about will hear this and feel less alone but let me stop and ask you based on what i've said so far do you feel like it has showed up in your life at any point
2: yeah definitely like the second you explained like you know you're qualified but you still question yourself like the first thing I thought about was like um, when I used to play basketball for you and I would think that like I wasn't good enough to play in like high school or even just play on your team in general and you'd really have to like sit me down and like show me film of like what I'm literally capable of doing and what I've done and even though like in the middle of the game I'll literally like score a point or get a steal or you know, do anything good, I'll still, like, sit there and say, like, I'm not qualified, I'm not good enough
0: to play type stuff. And even, like, we talked about in in some of your practices, like, you know, you had some really good players in those practices, and, you know, you were called into those practices to, you know, participate in, like, scrimmages because of your ability to, you know, at least guard, you know?
2: Yeah, because even then, like, I always was a little bit more confident with my defense, but even then, like, the confidence really lacked with offense. But since I had, like, no confidence in offense, it, like, drained into, like, defense as well, even though I knew, like, I was very qualified at defense. And I knew that I was, like, I I would get put in games for defense because I've always been a good defender. I was a good defender. But, like, even then, like, just the fact that I wasn't confident in offense, it, like, bled into like my defense and I started questioning how good of a player I was like as a whole
0: despite despite how many times I had to tell you over and over again how many times I kept putting you in positions to do what I believe you were qualified to do you would still like like visibly break down yeah I I just wonder like what are some of the things that can you if you feel like talking about some of the things you used to tell yourself, like literally actively in games, you would do this.
2: So like, even if I did something good in a game, like in my head, it'd be like, okay, like that's not even a big deal. Like, you're still like, you're still trash. Like, yeah, you might've gone this steal, but like, you're not going to get this layup. You're not going to make it. And it wasn't more of like self-talk. It was really just a feeling for me. It was like, I'm not sitting in my brain, like arguing with myself. It's really just how I felt and I never felt good enough. It wasn't like I was sitting there like, you know, like talking down on myself in my brain mid game. It was more about how I felt like I never felt like I was good enough. I never felt like I deserved to play. I never felt like anything I did was good. Like even if I did do, you know, get a steal or make a point, I never felt like the satisfaction from it. And I guess since I never felt that satisfaction, it made me believe that like what I did in the first place was never like good or not worthy enough. Cause it's like, I see other people they score they stuff like that they get happy and they celebrate but I never felt that so to me it was like since I'm not feeling that it's like there's more to achieve like there's more I need to do to reach that like set of satisfaction and get to that like you know happiness during a game
0: so no matter what anybody tell you you never satisfied yourself that's what you're saying
2: basically yeah because mm-hmm. even like you would sit me down like you would sit me down show me film and I would hear things from other people and even the parents like I already know like people liked watching me play. Like my parents would always tell me, you know, like the other parents would say nice things about me. And you know, just oh, like, oh put Phoenix in, stuff like that. But it never like it never really mattered because even though it made me good, it made me feel better for like five seconds, it's like the second I actually get back on the court, like all of that's gone. Like it doesn't even exist anymore.
0: And he yeah, I mean, exactly. So I, I figured I didn't really tell you too much about what imposter syndrome was, but I figured once I explained it to you, um, you were going to relate to it. And it even goes for you, and we'll talk about it, but I feel like, you know, through my personal experience and your personal experience, it even goes deeper than just, like, basketball. Like, we're talking about, um, you know, um, for you, I guess, professionally is you know, you're a student and also the things that you've achieved in life. And I, we relate on that level a lot because, like, even though we've done all these things and accomplished and overcome all these obstacles, you know, there's still so much doubt, you know? Um, but hopefully, you know, I'm learning to cope with it. I'm learning to overcome and be honest with myself about who I am and what I've done. And that does help when you, you know, when you don't allow yourself to just continue to lie to, uh, about who you are, you know? So going back for me, like when I was, you know, a teacher, Or a coach, you know, I constantly question myself, like, no matter how many times I was told that, you know, you're a great teacher, you're a great coach, you know, I literally would stay up at night, all night, like just beating myself up, questioning myself, talking crazy to myself. And like, and when I was done with teaching and coaching, like those self-doubts and negative thoughts got even louder. Cause I'm not doing it anymore, but now I'm looking back on it, like wondering what mistakes I made and, you know, and then for me, I'm not in it anymore. So I don't even have the whole automatic or immediate gratification. that comes from, you know, seeing students every day, seeing players every day and having them tell you um, how much you mean to them, how great you are, laughing what you, you stop hearing from people when your mind starts to tell you that, you didn't do what I definitely did do. Like, I, did I not do this? Like I, I definitely did all this. Right. And like, the truth is, um, you know, it's like, it, it says more about when you don't hear from people or if you, if you don't get that gratification from people, it says more about the truth is, it says more about them than it does about you. Cause you know, let's be real. People will, you know, for me, people used me until I was useless. And and hard as that is, I had to learn not to take it personal. And recognize that just because I'm not hearing this from this person or I'm not hearing that from that person, that doesn't mean that I didn't do what I definitely did. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so... And you can ask any questions at any time, like anything that makes you curious or anything you want. to.
2: I was just going to ask, um, how did you get to the point where you don't take it personal? Because I like, obviously, I know you can't take everything personal, but I feel like it's really hard to do something like that, because I know me and you have the same mindset of it's like, if someone like does something for us and like they've taken care of us, like we're going to bend over backwards and like do whatever we can to like show them that they did that for us, or like, you know, prove to them that they're worthy, because, and like show them that they are who, like, they think they are, who, like, whoever they, who they are, basically, but, like, people don't do that, and, like, I know we've talked about, you know, how people won't do things that we think is normal, but I still, like, I still have a really, really hard time, like, understanding how people can just go about their day and do things without even thinking about others, or being, like, like, without being selfless, like, or even recognizing that people are in the position that they're in without other people. I don't understand how people can just do that and not um, say anything. Because to me, like that, to me and like you, like that's serious. So like, how did you kind of get to the point where you're like, stop taking it personal?
0: That's a really good question. And it's to me, I can answer that easily. I I coped by dealing with the truth. Okay. So first you know, I had to deal with the trauma of what I was feeling. And me, I went to therapy know, I'm not, and that's maybe not everybody's route, but I went to therapy. And when I sat in therapy and tried to uh, say things that weren't true, I was fortunate enough to have a therapist that was, you know, direct and blunt enough to be like, you're lying because you just told me that so-and-so said this to you and uh, you got this award, and you made this achievement. So what you're saying is actually a lie, and that was tough for like uh, months. And eventually, rather than hear him call me a liar, I just had to like deal with the truth about you know what I you know who I was. Yeah. So so and so doesn't appreciate it, or or doesn't you know feel you Know, like, I did anything for him, but the fact of the matter is, I actually did. And if I don't allow myself to lie to myself, then I'm not going to allow anybody else to lie to me about what I did and didn't do. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: I mean, that's tough, though. It's not like it's not like you just, yeah. you know, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, you can't just like wake up one day and have that mindset. Like, that's definitely something you have to work towards because yeah, even yeah. now. Like, I've definitely dissociated from not like other things that I used to get like super upset about because I just realized like it's a waste of time and energy and like I literally would like sit and be upset and angry about you know whatever you can name it but I realized like that's like a waste of my time and like there's not really a point and it's not like it's not um progressive to anything in my life but like I don't know just that's still something like don't really like fully wrap my head around, even though sometimes I am like, you know, whatever they're going to do what they're going to do, because like, that's just how people are. But even then, like, I still sit up and think about like how people have done me wrong in the past. And like, I've never I would have never done that to them. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I get it. No, we look for ourselves in a lot of people. Sometimes we we may even find ourselves doing the things that we do because we're looking for ourselves or what we might need from someone else. Um, I know that I did that. I shouldn't say we. I mean, I I, I know that I do, I've done that. And I just had to, like, really deal with the fact that, you know, I don't want to say lower my expectations of people, but it's more like be more empathetic to everybody in their situation. Like, if you really, really boil it down to the truth, how people treat you, really is more about them than it is about you if you are being authentic about who you are now if you're not being who you really are or being fake about who you are then you know you're going to get back you know whatever I mean you're going to get back what you what you're putting out there but if I'm if I'm coming to you and I'm presenting to you my authentic self I'm being honest with you about what makes me feel good or what makes me feel bad. And then you making the choices to either, you know, do those things or not do those things. That's about you and what you got going on. And I have worked over time to be like, okay, I accept that. I accept that. That's, and, and I'm not saying that I'm fully immune to people. I mean, I still feel pain and I still feel hurt to this day, but, I don't, I guess the difference is I don't throw it on myself. You know what I'm
2: saying? Yeah, that makes sense. I do just think it's like a hard thing to learn because it's like, like I said earlier, like me and you, like we have this mindset. that's like, regardless of what we're going through, like if we know someone we care about is like struggling, like even if we're hurting, we're still going to try to help them the best we can because we know that they deserve it. So it's like, yeah, I get like, it's more of a reflection of how people, how their life is going, at the same time I just don't understand how people can like at least not be honest about it because I feel like even if you like reach out to me and it's a bad day I feel like I've told you like yeah I'm like out right now I I can't like I don't I'm not in the headspace to deal with this like you know I care about you but like I literally cannot like do enough I can't do as much as you need right now as I can for you I just feel like if people were more honest, I feel like it, it wouldn't be so... It would be easier to, like, navigate the since people aren't honest about that and don't even recognize that they treat us based on how they feel and not how they actually feel about us, if that makes sense.
0: No, it makes, it makes total sense. And, I mean, that's... Again, that's about what I just said, about being authentic. Like, if you are authentic about, you know, who you are and what you need and what you don't need, then who can be mad at that? So that's what I'm saying. Like, I... I don't heap it on myself you know like if i feel a way you know when you say yeah we do things because people deserve it yes that is that is correct however also i have learned that i need to start doing things not only because someone deserves it but because is pleasing to me so i'm not gonna go hurting myself doing something for someone and then be mad when they don't reciprocate. You know what I mean? Like, who who should I genuinely, if, if I'm being for real, for real myself, genuinely, who should I be mad at if I'm doing something that's making me uncomfortable or, or inconveniencing me in a way, um or I don't feel good about myself? Who should I be mad at for doing those doing those things? Yeah, yourself. Okay. I be mad at myself. Yeah, I be mad at myself. I, yeah. at myself. Uh, I mean, it, did, it didn't. I didn't want to do it. I didn't, you know, it, it was, it was inconvenience in me. It was, it was not helpful to me, you know, um, um, and I didn't communicate with that, wh- whatever, like, okay, look, this is really hurting me, but I'm doing it for whatever reason. And if I choose to do it anyway, cause sometimes, you know, you just want to be helpful to people, but if I choose to do it anyway, then let me just charge it to the game. It's like, okay. I made a choice. So whatever, whatever comes back at me, whatever's reciprocated. I made the choice. I'm not going to be mad, you know?
2: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: But for me, so like I said, I, I cope with, I cope with this stuff by dealing with the truth. And like for me, like as a teacher, I recognize that I have a gift. Okay. I make, I make students and players feel seen and heard, and I understand that's why I was effective. So I I have, and I I had to work to give myself that type of credit. Okay, here was, here me again, attacking this imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. I recognize again, my gift and why I'm effective, why people, you know, stay with me or stick with me, why I've developed these relationships over, you know, a couple of decades. So it's like as a coach, you know, I was driven to make every player feel like they matter, regardless of your skill level. I want you to feel like you matter. That was my gift. And like, you know, if if your kid played for me, it's really hard for you as a parent to deny that I did that. So. I'm not going to allow you to I'm not going to allow you to tell me that's that's not what I either did or attempted to do, mm-hmm. whether I was successful or not, that's debatable but the fact that I put the effort out there to do it I'm not going to allow anyone to deny me that anymore and in the past I would allow people mm-hmm. to tell me you know and uh you know what when you deny your gifts that's you uh succumbing to imposter syndrome when you deny your abilities the things that make you qualify to stand in the spaces that you stand in, <laughs> that's your imposter syndrome jumping up on you.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So like, even as a therapist, you know, I challenge my gift. Um, despite being, I've been told, as you know, I've only been in this space, you know, three or four years at this point as a therapist, but guess what? I've been told over and over again, hey, man, you're really good at this. And, you know, I... <laughs> I took the time to educate myself you know i have two master's degrees and i worked very hard to earn those but i would still try to deny my deny the fact that i put the work in to stand in front of a person and be like a counselor and try to help them heal from whatever you know whatever whatever they're going through even if you know if it doesn't work out with a client um, that doesn't mean that I'm a terrible therapist. Those are the type of things that I had to, that you have to overcome. Like when you set in these spaces, you know what I'm saying? You relate to any of that?
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. What was it about like counseling that made you have imposter syndrome, like specifically? Because I understand like the co- like the teaching and basketball and coaching, stuff like that. But like with counseling specifically, what was it?
0: Well, I'm 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 in the midst of trying to counsel people, especially in the beginning, and I'm still like a certified mess. Okay, like I'm still, you know, dealing with. I mean, just to be real with you. I'm dealing. I was dealing with suicidal ideations. Um, I'm dealing with depression. Um, you know, I'm dealing with anxiety, but yet still, I'm out here trying to counsel people. Yeah. So it's like my thoughts start telling me how are you even how are you going to tell anybody how to heal when you haven't healed 100% but again recognizing that it's not about healing 100% it's about the journey to healing if you take a look at where i was and look at where i am it's undeniable that i have gained some healing and through that process, I've learned a few things. I've learned, you know, and, and also just a straight, straight up gift. I don't know where it comes from. You know, I didn't have to work for it. I just have a straight up gift. And I recognize that I have a a gift to connect with people and it's done. It's, 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 hurt me at times, but it's also done well for me. You know what I mean? that answer your question? Yeah, that, that answers it, that makes sense. Yeah. And you know what? It might sound like bragging sometimes, or <laughs> you know, or because I you know, I'll tell you, you know, straight up, I really felt like in most in most spaces, you know, I was really good at teaching. Like I was I was really good. And I knew I was good. And, you know, whether I win games or don't win games, I feel like as far as coaching, what what really what really it comes down to my mission, my goal, my purpose in those coaching spaces, I was really good at it. I was really good at it. Um, and all, all I really, all, all I really wanted was for a person to believe in the bill, their ability to believe that you could, there's something you can contribute to this game. And if you work at it, you know, you can be really good at contributing to it. Um, but when you start to say these things out loud, it's you, again, fighting your imposter syndrome. You have to say them out loud. You have to say them often. You have to be honest about it, you know? And then you start, I mean, for me, I, I over—I had to overcome something called toxic humility. What's you know not? what I mean? Like, well, that's, okay, that's when, like, I'm good at something. Or being told that I'm good at something, but I'm like dismissing it. Like, oh, okay. Some, you know what I mean? Like, me being told, yeah. I mean, you're, yeah, you're, I really love playing for you. I really love being in your class. Or so and so said you're a really good teacher. And I'm like, I don't wanna hear that <laughs> because yeah. I'm so uncomfortable with being good. You know, I'm so uncomfortable Yeah. it. Uh, but guess what? I earn my right to stand in front of this class, I earn my right to stand in front of this team. I earned my right to stand in front of these clients. I've done the work. I didn't make it up and just start sitting down and start teaching. You know?
1: Yeah, you went to school, you earned it, you know, and you have the students like telling you.
0: Yeah. So you and you know I, right. And and like how do you like how do you build rapport and trust with with students and teachers like it's it was it was a gift that I had to make them understand that what I was telling them, whether I was right or wrong, I definitely, at least I mean it. (laughs) I mean what I'm saying at the end of the day. And if I'm wrong and I figure out later on that I'm wrong, you can trust you. We can trust that when I come to you, I'm going to tell you I was wrong about that, but this is how I feel now. Yeah. You know, it's not that I was lying back then. It's just that I developed, evolved. And my gift allowed me to be able to do that with Whoever played for me or was in my class, yeah,
2: that makes you know sense. what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: So I'm gonna talk about you know, like how I got to where I got. You know, there's a lot of things that come with imposter syndrome. How did I get? How did I get to mine? How did it develop over time? Because you know, some I know some people that are just confident, have been confident since birth. And I look at them like, how is that possible? Like how? How are yeah. you just always so confident about everything? Yeah. Like you really believe in yourself, like to, to the utmost. And it's like, man, I wish I had that. But you know, like, have you ever heard the expression, you know, two strikes coming through the door?
1: I've no, I've never heard that.
0: <laughs> okay. So that's something that I heard a lot um growing up uh, with my mom and my grandmother. You know, this is basically what it's saying, essentially, is that when you get in these spaces, you have to almost be perfect because as a black man, you have two strikes coming through the door. So um, one mistake and you're out of here. Yeah, that's what I learned growing up. And, you know, like, have you ever been the only person of color, uh, like in a space, school or work? Or ever been told that you have to work twice as, I mean, even as a female, you have to work twice as hard just to be on an even playing field, you know? Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Right. And sometimes you have to, you know, code switch. I mean, for you, I bet we had these conversations before. You have to code switch a lot because you are biracial. So you got to go back and forth.
1: Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's one of the main things that gave me imposter syndrome it's just a whole bunch but like that is definitely something I have imposter syndrome with is like being biracial and I still right. struggle with it like to this day but I have like come more to an understanding and it's it, it gets easier when you meet people that like understand who you are or like just listen to you because my friends at like college now because when I first went to college like obviously it wasn't like easy like no one really knew who I was so it was kind of just everyone was judging me based off my appearance and like how I like show myself to the world but it's like my friends now they say that the second you talk to me or like you hear me speak like you know what kind of person I am just by how I like how I speak and how I like I inflect and in just my way of like talking but not everyone used to see that because like they just like ju- like they they just judge a book by its like cover you know
0: right so like when you you have to um switch it up to fit into so many different environments um, because there's no i don't know i guess i feel like there's no real like set way that someone who's biracial is supposed to act because you just it's like you're of both you know yeah
1: because you get stuff from both sides saying like oh what about this or what about that It's like if you try to run the run group, it's kind of like, yeah, you can kind of sit with us, but you're never going to like be us. That kind of vibe.
0: So like when you talk about imposter syndrome, I guess when you're in certain environments, are you like always like hyper, hyper conscious of the way that you talk, you know, the way that you dress, you know, whatever,
1: Def it's more of how I talk just because I really gave up with how I dress and like how I appear because I really just don't care what people like have to say about that anymore. Like I've gone that since like middle school and I, I gave up a while ago. But um honestly like my new friends at college, like I'm really close with them and they're definitely like helping me get over like the imposter syndrome I do have with being biracial. But I still catch myself like when I'm in new settings with other people or people that don't know me as well. I definitely do get, like, hyper conscious or, like, super anxious about how I word things or how I say things because I know people are going to take them and they're going to digest them differently because of how I look. And they're just, like, they already have a made up, they already made up, like, what kind of person I, I am just off of how I look and, like, where I'm at and, like, what kind of school I'm at. So it's, like, I feel very uncomfortable with people that i don't know or like people that don't even know me because i feel like i have to go the extra mile to prove myself and to prove that i'm like like being biracial i have to go the extra way to prove that i'm not like an idiot basically like i'm not you know superficial Mm -hmm. stuff like that like i have to like being biracial and looking the way i look like i feel the need to overextend and like break my back to prove my like blackness improve my intelligence to other black people and even knowledge on like issues within the black community otherwise they're not going to accept me just because of how i look
0: see exactly what i'm talking about And and imposter syndrome like statistically shows up super heavy in women and you know especially women of color and i can't even imagine what the numbers i didn't look it up i can't imagine what the numbers would be for a biracial female um but i bet it's high based on everything you just said and everything you experienced.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, and for me, like, you know, you go to HBCU, so you're, you're trying to figure it out. I went to a super white school. Like I was, you know, like a hand, like a handful, like maybe 20 kids on campus out of thousands, you know, that were yeah. that were black or even of color. You know what I mean? Like you break it down to just being black you're talking about, I feel like it was less than 10. So here I am. I'm 17 years old. Um, I'm what's considered by academic standards smart, um, and but I spent so much time on that campus trying to prove how black I was, and still that I deserved to fit in. That it overcome, it overcame, or overwhelmed me, I should say. Uh, as far as academics, so I just ended up failing out. Like I was on there like wearing basketball jerseys and do rags and tips. T- 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 <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I fell into being the black kid on campus. um, And I didn't even like I didn't. I was so uncomfortable in my own skin that I never, I never achieved anything on that campus for the most part ended up flunking out because I was just so uncomfortable. Here I here I never talking about somebody that never had anything less than a B, you know, in his lifetime and flunks out his freshman year in college. Yeah. You know, and then like I move on and go to get to finally get through school, but I'm still struggling with the residue from from that campus. And I get my internship at this big huge firm. Uh, accounting firms like the number one firm in the world not just the country the world and i was the only black person in my intern group and again i'm still trying to fit in like i'm still worried about you know um fitting in with all these all these all these white people but i'm also worried about maintaining my blackness and i didn't I was so uncomfortable I didn't have the right balance and I didn't uh, I wasn't successful in that space either and it was ba- I was basically told to my face it was because people didn't know how to talk to me or or, or work with me because of my race you know yeah. so fast forward that into like like being a teacher everywhere I go as a teacher somebody's I say oh I'm a teacher and the first thing they say is well what do you coach And I'm like, so I started like, yeah, it happened almost every single time somebody finds out that I'm a teacher to ask me what I coach literally every time.
1: That's actually ridiculous.
0: And even when I did coach, I would be like, I don't coach nothing. I I teach math, you know, even if I was coaching at the time, because it's like, that's not what they hired me to do. I just happen to be able to, I just happen to know how to do that. But out of my teacher. career... That's not like, what
1: you said. You said you're a teacher and they just automatically assume that you, you're talking about a sport.
0: Right, every single time. And then that made me honestly start dressing different in public. Like I started, you know, like I I got way less casual. Like every every time I went to work, I'm tie and, you know, in nice shirt, and you know, slacks and shoes and all that. Just so I didn't have to, you know, go through the process of being asked, about coaching like i i I let all the most of my casual stuff just go i wore it sometimes but the majority what i wore was was business attire just so i can get through that first little level of stereotypes and try to fit in in my environment you know yeah so you know like and like i said earlier like as a therapist my life was a mess so it's like how can i help anybody uh you know as a husband I get every time I post something that has to do with my wife and I, it's like a oh, couple's goals, my favorite couple. But I'm like, that makes me uncomfortable because I'm like, I'm de- we're dealing with our own difficulties and, you know, and we go through a lot of tough times. But here I am again, I'm going to fight my imposter syndrome. Like, you know what? We should be your favorite couple. We should be. Yeah, because we've been through some stuff and we stood together and that should if you were if you are a couple you know it should be your goal to make it through you know what I mean we should because you know we we did it we went through a lot we went through a lot and we survived it together we still love each other and laugh with each other and um so I shouldn't like allow that imposter syndrome to just jump on me and be like Nah, you know, you're not nobody's couple goals. Y'all got too many problems.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah, because I I definitely, so is what you're saying is like, you kind of get the imposter syndrome when you do get gratification because people kind of dismiss the hardships you've gone through. That too. Yeah.
0: It's like, you know, it's like if you, if you allow people's praise to build you up, you know, if I I need you to tell me that I'm great, then you also have the power to tell me that I'm not. Yeah. So it can't be based on what you think about me. It's great if you think I'm great. You know what I mean? And if you don't think I'm great, uh, you know, that's 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 cool too, whatever you feel. But what is the truth? Am I great at this or am I not? And what you say about it, you know, shouldn't have as much weight on it as how I feel about it yeah that's how that's how you get through it. that's how so, I get through
1: it. how do you get through it because that kind of like makes me think like being here people kind of automatically assume like that I'm like rich that I'm like super privileged that I've had like an easy life and like when people say something like to me like I automatically get defensive because it's like yes I'm here but like you're just dismissing like everything I went through to even get myself here you know what I mean so it like makes me question like if I've even had like a hard life the way I think I have because people don't get that vibe from me like obviously I don't want to look like I'm struggling like no one wants to look like they're struggling but when people just automatically get that it's like there's a sense of happiness obviously like yeah like it shows that I've gone I've gone to a better point in my life but at the same time it's still like it kind of hurts more than it feels good because it makes it, it makes me feel like people don't even know like who I really am if that makes sense because mm-hmm. I, I get that a lot like a lot of people here that I meet they they'll literally like jump the gun and be like oh I'm already knowing like your life was unlike mine and it's like you don't even know me like you just know my name like obviously our lives probably aren't similar but why are you just automatically saying that based off how I look and the fact that I'm in college, you think that I have it easy peasy when you have no clue how I even got here. And I get really defensive and like it honestly makes me angry when people do that kind of stuff because I get it a lot. And people like to think that like because of how I am or even like the morals or what I say that I've just had this certain type of lifestyle, but I didn't. So it like does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So so let me ask you this. And I'll answer your question when people make these assumptions i'm guessing they're making it just based off the color of your skin
1: honestly probably yeah
0: most likely because they don't know anything about you right you just yeah you know you just look like you know you come with privilege because you're light-skinned yeah so do you feel a certain amount of shame about that what is considered light skin privilege do you feel a certain amount of shame the- I
1: do feel shame because when I talk to my friends, like I talked this is a one specific scenario that I had a conversation with my friend about. She was telling me that um the way me and one of my other light-skinned friends act in public or even act like with people around, she could never act that way because she is like a darker woman. And obviously I know like <clears throat> colorism exists, but I never sat back and thought like I literally can say things, get away with them, and have certain actions because of how I look like I never because that was normal to me like that's my reality so whenever she sat like sat and like told me that like it really hit me and I was like holy like I didn't even think that like I'm able to be super direct outgoing and even a bit of a hothead like I used to be super angry I only got away with that because I am lighter toned like people didn't sit here and call me like an angry black woman but they just you know that, that was Phoenix you know she's angry you know what I mean I never got like the whole like hatred behind it because of how I look and I got a pass at being so like rude direct and even like angry towards people just because you know I I'm pretty and I'm light-skinned basically and I never Mm -hmm. realized that until she said that
0: Mm -hmm. so like the reason I asked you that is because you said twice that you get defensive yeah so I'm guessing that comes from the only reason that it bothers you as much as it does is because there's some shame attached to what people are saying to you. And, like, for you know, to, to, to cope or deal with some stuff like that, you have to really, again, aggressively be honest with yourself about who you are. You know, like the colorism that occurs and has happened to darker skinned women you know is a real thing however what have you done to perpetuate that I mean how much of that is seriously your fault it's not it's not your fault you know what I mean it happens and you can empathize with any of your friends or anybody that's going through that but the shame and the blame that you give yourself is more likely why you're getting angry with other people when they address you. Like when you you start being vigorously honest with yourself, you won't feel as offended by people who don't know you coming up to you, making those assumptions. And it it just takes like some serious work. Like everybody that comes to you doesn't deserve for you to defend and explain yourself. Yeah. You know, I've never been light-skinned. I've never been biracial and I understand how you feel and where you come through and where you've, um, where you're coming from when you talk about it. But why do I understand it? Because I asked you or I took the time, you know, there are struggles that you go through as a biracial woman that some other people won't go through. And it's not, it's not meant to compare or you know say one is worse than the other but both of them are real experience you have real challenges and experiences that come with your complexion yeah that, that that's a real thing let's just be real about that part and if if somebody's not going to give you that then how can i sit up here and and, and genuinely talk to you about you know, or empathize what you're going through if you're not going to have a conversation with me. It becomes a general conversation, not a personal one. Yeah. You and your friend are not going to solve the discrepancies between dark skinned women and light skinned women in a global, you know, in a, in a from a global uh perspective. But y'all can do it on a personal level if yeah. both of you respect each other enough to have those conversations. Yeah. So I don't
1: know if that helps, but it's like. No, it does. It's just hard to like. It's just hard to be like stupid confident in like what I know, just because like I get I I, it is fair to say and it is honest to say that I do like base my like value and like my perception of myself very much on others. I know that's not a good thing, but like it is true that I do that. So it's kind of like when people do question me, I feel like it's like a personal attack because it's like, I feel like I put on, I feel like I put a very good display on, like, who I am to the world, but just because I think that it's not really how it is, and I can't expect people to just understand, like, who I am just by looking at me, even though I try, so it's, like, the fact that I try, and, like, I already know who I am, it's, like, I guess I just get, like, hurt by when people don't understand, if that makes sense, but I think right. there's, like, other reasons why that happens, too, like, in my personal life, that's another reason. there's like like other factors of why I get so defensive when people don't understand me, especially if I like open up or explain something to them and they still dismiss and I get like really, really upset and angry, but that's like other things, but it's just like a hard line to like learn and balance and walk on if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So let's be honest about what you just said. Like, let's say, for instance, you want to explain to me uh, something that you're going through based on, you know, your unique experience, and you want me to understand it and not only do I not try to understand it I'm arguing with you about how you feel and what you're going through who does that say more about me or you says you it says more about me for not even trying I I, I can't I can't argue because there's I tell you all the time how many experts on phoenix are there in the world
1: just one just one I can't
0: maybe too maybe too <laughs> I can't <laughs> I can't sit here and tell you I can't sit here and tell you how you feel about everything that you're going through all I can do is listen and if you tell me something that contradicts something you told me earlier I can point that out but you said this and but you said you feel like this so how can you feel like that like that's and that's really what a lot of what therapy is too it's like I listen, I take in what you're saying, and I make sure that I'm holding you accountable for what you're saying. And that's about it. Like, and I know I know what you're saying about you know, being frustrated about people not understanding you. I've gone through that. I go through that to this very day. Yeah. But if you're asking me how to deal with it, it becomes a just a matter of how aggressively honest you're being with yourself. And you and also. Immediately the first thing I identified with what you said was oh oh you have some shame. A part of you feels like you don't deserve to to be hurt. And that's the part yeah. that that's going to make you frustrated like you've got to get to the part where you at least own and accept your own experiences as yours and that can't be taken from you like that's 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 yours. Yeah. It's not for every. It's not, and I know your problem. I must. I like to say, here I am giving advice, but but I talked to you enough. I feel like to say this. I I feel like a lot of what your problem is is, um, you really want to argue with everybody about it.
1: I mean, yeah, okay, I do like to argue too much.
0: You want to argue about it. You want to argue about it because you want people to hear to to hear your point of view and like agree with it and justify it. And I just feel like that's that's something also maybe anybody out there listening can correct me but i feel like it's maybe something that comes with age because the older you get the less you care about um uh, you know people agreeing with you on everything because you know it's just you recognize that that's just an impossibility
1: i've definitely let a lot of things go that i like to argue about but like honestly like when it comes to stuff like that I don't argue as much because now it's like out of fear but back then I used to argue because I I did feel more entitled to like saying stuff like that but like now in like the area that I'm in like it's more like I'm scared and like I have more shame about it than I did in the past because you know I'm in a different area I go to an HBCU so it's like who am I to say like someone called me exotic when you got called like a Real, like a racial slur like i can't really like people automatically want like i just know like when i say stuff like that like people are gonna try to compare and contrast but it's like that's not what i'm trying to do i'm just trying to say like what i went through so it is more of like a shame that like because i i would say i'm not i don't argue as much now but it's not because i've come to the understanding and because i'm you know okay with people not agreeing it's more of like a fear of shame from like not wanting mm-hmm. to argue like i'm scared mm-hmm. of being like I'm scared of like the shame that comes with being like biracial. That's why I don't argue as much. That's
0: right. Right. And then, like, what purpose does any of that serve? You know, like if somebody's telling you like being exotic is not as offensive as this or whatever, but you still get offended by someone calling you exotic. Yeah. So, so what's the, what's somebody telling you? Like, you can't be offended by that because this, what I get called is, that doesn't make any sense. How about yeah. neither one of us call each other any of those things?
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Like, we can debate all day all day, about what's worse and what's, you know, but what purpose does it serve to <clears throat> discount another human's feelings?
1: There's, um, no purpose. Just,
0: there's no purpose. There's no purpose to it. And like, when you start learning that, you start releasing some of that shame. Like, it, it, it starts becoming an eternal thing where it's like, this is not going to bother me as much because I recognize, I recognize that this serves me no purpose, none. And I can let it go. And I can genuinely let it go something, you know, there's a lot of things I have not let go. Uh, you know that personally, but there's things that I, there's a lot that I have let go. And, and I'm able to get through because I'm recognizing that, you know, when I say like any anything that you're attacking is just doing harm to yourself. Because every time you're attacking something that serves no purpose, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your energy, or you are creating enemies out of, you know, you're just creating enemies and giving people reasons to retaliate. And I know somebody somebody might not like that, but that's how I feel like I'm not going to if somebody is in my life that is causing me that much pain and disagreement. I got to really start asking myself, why do I keep this person in my life like this is. Why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, like, I, you know, I love you. I love who you are. You know, I you know. Whatever, for whatever reason, we have a connection. But if you're going to continuously like do things that hurt me or make me feel bad about myself, I have to consider what's the purpose. You know, yeah, that's that one of sense. the gifts I would love to give to young people. Yeah, we
1: um, definitely need that.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, t- I man, as a young person, I can tell you, I spent a lot of years. You know, wasting time or people that didn't give me peace or help me help me maintain my peace. And um, that is something my grandmother tried to tell me like 20 years ago, and I didn't understand it then. But as I got older, whatever she said in that moment, for some reason, she said a lot of things to me. But for some reasons, when she said that, it has stayed with me because I'm like, man, she was so right about that. Like but um, just to wrap it up, but when I first started to go to therapy and I found one that worked for me, my therapist was very confrontational. And I told you before, he wouldn't allow me to lie to myself. Mm-hmm. And it's helped me process a lot of self-doubt, a lot of negative thoughts. A lot of times when, like when you're talking about that shame, what we talked about earlier a second ago, like that's yeah. your self-doubt and negative thoughts allowing you to attack you. Yeah, light skin shame, light skin shame, coming, <laughs> coming to jump upon you. <laughs> no,
1: it comes in all the time.
0: Comes in all the time, right? But yeah. I, I, you know, when you process with somebody who is confrontational and doesn't allow you to lie to yourself, you can decipher between the truth and like. So let's say you are doing something that's colorist, that's colorist, and you and you know or you're doing doing one thing that's actually a colorist thing, you're doing one thing that is just not colorist, but that's who you are. You can now, your light skin shame will tell you that both things are bad. Yeah. But processing will tell you, well, this is just, it's not bad, but I can understand how you feel about it. And the other, you know, and it also deciphered between, okay, this is not in line with, Who I want to be, so I can stop doing this. Yeah. This is not around who I want to be, you know? Anything you take away from this conversation?
1: Just that I like need to like learn who I am more and like be more, like stand my ground and like understand that I am who I am. Cause I do know that people that do actually know me, like they see me for who I am. So I need to stop putting such a leverage on people that don't know me, what they have to say about me, because like, like my friend said, like the second you talk to me like you know what kind of person I am. So if someone doesn't want to take what I have to say, like they're kind of invalid in my life cuz it's like if they're not even going to listen to my problems and you know, even try to empathize with me, like why do I care what they have to say? Or why are they like why would I want to be friends with someone that all they want to do is compare and contrast our lives when like our lives are different, that's okay, but it's like since they are different, you have to validate both basically.
0: 100 percent and i think i've gotten yeah what no go
1: ahead i was gonna say like i do think i've gotten better because like at the beginning of like college like i definitely had like a lot more shame and a lot more fear I, mean, I still have that fear and shame but it is it isn't as like um prominent in my life just because i do have like i have made like really good friends that do like understand and aren't like that and don't judge me because they like know that just because I look how I look doesn't mean I'm a this certain type of person even though they might have that like conception of me just based on how I look they like they still took the time and even someone can judge me and like say like or think that I'm the way I am like that doesn't really matter as long as like once they actually like hear what I have to say if that's like that's what's going to tell me like if they want to if they're the type of person I need in my life or not basically
0: exactly and real change that you're, that you're seeking, because you've asked about it several times in this conversation, the real change that you're seeking comes in processing that as often as possible through many scenarios, like in allowing that part of your brain that understands what you just said to win over yeah. the part of your brain that's telling you to, you know, retaliate or uh, or that the other person's right. You know what I mean?
1: yeah
0: because that's the truth what you just said was the truth about how you feel about situation you have to you have to process that truth as often as possible and that's when you start healing. Yeah. So for me, how I process is I try not this is how I process and deal with imposter syndrome. I try not to compare my success or my failures to anyone, the person on my left or the person on my right, um, I would shut it down, like literally, even if I have to remove myself from social media, because that's where, you know, the comparisons really get heavy. You have to look yeah. at that over and over again. You start comparing this and that and that. And it's just an attack on your, it's an attack on your um, subconscious in a major way. And um, so I, I I do that. I try not to compare. And another, another way I process imposter syndrome is, you know, I'm, I'm consistently working to keep boundaries with anyone or anything that disrupts my peace. Okay. And that's something we just talked about, right? Yeah. You have to be consistent about the boundaries that you need in order to maintain peace. And you can't have You can't have guilt. I try not to. I work very tough not to have guilt about building those boundaries and maintaining those boundaries because I need them in order to survive. Because if I don't maintain these boundaries, you know, uh, and I I let someone disrupt my peace or destroy or attack my subconscious, that's where my depression is going to grow. My anxiety is going to grow. My self-doubt is going to grow. And I'm just left in shambles yeah. boundaries also how you how you process this stuff you have to take the time and put the energy I put I take the time and the energy towards acknowledging my wins okay if I'm winning if something goes well if I do something that again uh kind to gives credence or value to the fact that i'm good at something i acknowledge that yeah gotta acknowledge your wins you know that's what i do for you that's what i do with you all the time like you say what you want about you but you did this you accomplished this this really happened phoenix like so you can say what you want but this stuff that you accomplished despite everything that you had to overcome happened you know what i'm saying and uh last thing, I, I for me, I stay in therapy. So if you're out there and I'm say this as often as I as I as I can, therapy was critical for me, not only therapy, but also making sure that I connected with the right therapist, which I connected with several. And you know, if it didn't feel like it was moving towards healing, I didn't go back, but not because I was smart, it's because I was just turned off by the process. But I also understood that I needed help. So I kept trying with different people. And then when I yeah. started feeling like, yeah, when it started feeling like healing, I stayed. I stuck with it and I didn't run. And there's times you want to, you don't want to feel better. So you run from it, but then it's like, that's when you got to get up and go attack it even harder. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a process. It's a process. It's not something that happens overnight. Um, But you know, I work consistently to make it from sun up to sun down with as much peace and purpose as possible. Am I moving in a way that is consistent with the person that I want to be? The purpose that I have in life for me is is clear. I want to move in love, I always want to be helpful to people and you know, and I want to be um uh, you know, useful in my family. So, I mean, that's just a basic core principles and purpose of me. And it's if I'm doing things that are in line with my actions, and I would judge every single action. If I do this, is this in line with the the man that I say that I want to be the person that I say I want to be? If it's not, I won't do it. And if it is, then I do. And I'm good with that. And I'm good with that decision um and then the peace part is it in line is it giving me peace or is it giving me um is it disrupting my peace it's very simple very simple so that's how i cope with and process imposter syndrome and you know a lot of different things that i'll be talking about in the future but that's where we are so any closing thoughts before i just say bye-bye
1: um, no, I think you kind of just wrapped it up, honestly, with all that.
0: All right. Well, if you're out there and you're listening, if this, you know, you found this helpful, you know, like it, share it, subscribe, you know, um, you know, bring as many ears and have the conversations yourself You disagree, you agree, you know, you find a place to comment, you know, comment, but you know, I definitely want to make sure that as many people as possible are having the conversations about processing your feelings and dealing with uh, some of the traumas and depression and anxiety that we're experiencing out here. So like, share, subscribe. Come to it. It's good to see you all again or or be heard by you all again. Hopefully I'll bring you all more uh, content in the very near future, very near future. See you next time.